Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we got mid-round targets. Let's do it. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's happening on this fine Wednesday afternoon, Fantasy Champions? We are just a short, uh, I want to say 22 days from the first NFL game happening between the Houston Texans oh, yeah. and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs team that won the Super Bowl. <laughs> We're two days away from our uh, our home league draft. That's exciting. Man, I'm pumped on that. I'm excited. Um. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. As we said a second ago, mid-round targets is what we're talking about on this episode. We're going to do another edition of this or that where we pick players from the same team and tell you whether or not you should take them. Um, before we jump into mid-round targets, check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs and on the screen somewhere our personal handles, Instagram at the Fantasy Champions, and you can uh, go to Facebook.com forward slash the fantasy champions check us out on there if you're listening on apple podcast spotify stitcher or any other podcast platform leave a review and share this podcast with your friends if you are watching on youtube be sure to like comment and subscribe and be sure to click the bell for notifications um we also have the draft guide which is live you have a couple more days left friday is the Mm. deadline to uh to get into the listener league uh, for the fantasy champions and try to beat us. So that is your deadline. You got to buy the guide before then. After then, you can still buy the draft guide. You're just not going to be on the list in early. Um, the twenty they run uh, the draft guide runs at twenty five dollars. It has full rankings, breakouts, bus player draft values, break, breakdowns, all kinds of stuff. So be sure to tell your friends buy the draft guide. Prepare for your draft. Let's jump right in. Yeah. So we're gonna, like I said, we're going to talk about mid-round targets. This is tra- so the big part about this year, particularly, has been that um, I think that everyone is kind of taking the same approach in terms of the running back only strategy. And um, I'll just say about that particular strategy this year. I don't, I don't want to subscribe to a straight strategy. If you choose to take a wide receiver in the second round, or you just decide to go wide receiver only, that's your prerogative. Um. Excuse me. I like to, you know, I like to be a little more fluid in my draft. If guys fall to me, I take them. Like if I'm in the second round at pick 15 and and and, and or 16, and you know Devontae Adams is still on the board, of course I'm going to take him. Like you have to be more fluid than just saying, "Oh, I can't take him because there's still running backs on the board." So like, just get off that. But what's happening for a lot of people is that they're drafting two running backs, um, and so that makes the middle round wide receivers extremely valuable. Um, and third round, fourth round, fifth round wide receivers. We're not going to talk about the third round, but essentially how this is going to break down is we're going to go through each round, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and give you one, maybe two players from that round that you can draft um, and be surefire with. Almost must drafts for each round. Um, So we'll start with the fourth round here. I have two guys listed. As I honest to God couldn't choose. Um, but fourth round, Juju Smith Schuster at ADP 39 and then Calvin Ridley at ADP 42. Now you can't go wrong with either one of these guys. Um, I made a little graph for myself, uh, a couple, I guess a couple 
days ago with Juju and Calvin Ridley and AJ Brown, just to kind of get an idea of, you know, had stuff like whether the, their quarterback is going to throw 26 or more touchdowns this year. You know, how easy is their schedule? Um, is their offense going to be a top 15 offense? Are they going to get 130 or more targets? And so Juju checked out every box with the exception of, um, I don't know if Pittsburgh's going to be a top 15 offense. And you could also ask the question of whether or not Ben Roethlisberger will throw 26 or more touchdowns, but he's done it every season for the last five years. Yeah. So with the exception of last year when he got hurt. But so I think Juju has checked out all the boxes. And then as far as Calvin Ridley is concerned, he also checked out a lot of boxes. The only one that I was more concerned with is the, um, is the 130 or more targets. I don't know if he can reach that total. I think 120 targets is a safe projection for him, but if he does move up in terms of target share and gets 130, 140 targets, I would probably take him over Juju. Okay. Just out of, worry about Ben Roethlisberger but that's just me so either one of these guys is an absolute freaking steal in the fourth round at wide receiver uh, I don't think Calvin Ridley is going to have top five upside I think Juju does have like top six or seven upside so both of these guys I think he's got top five upside yeah yeah so I think I think you you know you have good upside with Juju I think Calvin Ridley like if he gets 140 150 targets I guess you can throw him in that um, range of uh, top five upside, but either one of these guys has breakout potential this year and to get them in the fourth round as your like second wide receiver is just, it's stealing. Yeah. I mean, there's so many talented wide receivers in the, in the fourth, fifth round as well. I mean, we could have put Robert Woods on this list, we could put Allen Robinson in this list. Yeah. Um, DJ Moore in this list. Like there's so many very talented AJ Brown. Wide receivers. Yeah. yeah. AJ Brown as well. Yeah. There's, I mean, who we're both, we both really like, so there's a lot of talented yeah. wide receivers in there in that round um yeah i mean you know how much i love juju i think you know in 2018 he was the wide receiver he would have been the wide receiver too yeah if you put up his fantasy numbers from 2018 to last season um he would have been like ahead of chris godwin and just behind michael thomas uh so and that was with antonio brown Mm. (laughs) um with with antonio (laughs) brown gone obviously he the the one have, thing that he I mean, just he, had problems he, with he was touchdowns, and that was because yeah. Brown was the red zone target. It's possible that he could lead the league in, um, yeah, in uh, mm-hmm. receptions this year. Uh, I mean, you look at in that 2018 season when Ben Roethlisberger was healthy. Yeah. The Steelers threw the ball almost 700 times. They were first in the NFL with 689 <sighs> passing attempts. Yeah, um, and then last year, I believe they had they went way down. They only had 510. So almost 200 full less passing attempts. I expect yeah. that number to go up. Uh, I expect Juju to get a lot of those targets and going to have a monster year. And then for Calvin Ridley, right. Um, you know, there's, I've heard a lot of people talk about, they don't like him because of that target, um, that there's not enough target targets share. to go around. And I, that's literally the hardest part for me. He's got like all like Matt Ryan's going to throw 26 or more touchdowns. That offense is right. going to be top 15 or better. He has the third yeah. easiest schedule in fantasy football or something like that right now. So it's like the only question is whether or not the man gets over 120 targets. And it's like so difficult because if he only I gets 120 this, targets, I'm just a little more concerned about it, you know? Yeah. But I've said this before. I'll say it again. I should probably just tweet it. The Atlanta Falcons have 258 vacated targets this year, which is number one in the NFL by like 60, 60, 60-ish targets, 70-ish targets. Like Mm -hmm. They have so many targets to go around this year. Yes, some of that's going to go to Todd Gurley. 
who he'll probably take the Devontae Freeman, which is like around 65 targets, I think, mm-hmm. 70 targets. And sure, Hayden Hurst will take some of Austin Hooper's targets. I don't think he's going to take all of them, but even if you say you, mm-hmm. he will, that still leaves 100 vacated targets. Wow. Um, or around 100 vacated targets mm-hmm. for Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. And I don't think Julio Jones is going to get any more targets than he did. Like, he's still going to get like yeah. 170 targets. It just, it, what it does is it just shows that Julio Jones will still get the amount of targets that he'll get. And what it does is it allows Calvin Ridley to now jump up to like the 130, 140 target range, which if he does that, again, like you said, yeah. you would take him over Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, yeah. He, he's he's a very talented he would young be, receiver in a solid breakout age. He would be up there with the DJ Moore because DJ Moore is technically a third round pick right now. I mean, um, a fifth round pick right now, or somewhere in that vicinity. I don't know. Which is I got my AP but, ADP consensus off for four for four. Um, yeah. so check it out there. But that's where the ADP is. I don't know where. I don't remember where DJ Moore was going. I think it was late sure. third. Um, but. For me, I think when you're looking at either one of these guys, you don't, you can't really miss. I just, Calvin Ridley, I think has like this, like with the target share, I think he has a really high upside. Um, the problem is, is that, like I said, that we don't know if the target share is going to be there. Now, your points are extremely valid. Like there is two, what did you say? 258 targets vacated. 200. 258 vacated targets. So, like, if that is the amount of vacated targets, I I think you could definitely see Calvin Ridley get 30 to, you know, 20 to 30 more targets from last year, which I think he was pacing at 110. So, if he does that, he might hit 140 or 150. And if he does that, I mean, he's going to be, you remember when Juju had 166 targets and (laughs) finished wide receiver six? Mm. He referenced his numbers a second ago. Uh, I think Calvin Ridley is within that realm of outcomes. And I think. The big thing about him is that the difference between Juju and AB that year and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones this year is that Calvin Ridley is a monster in the red zone. And uh, I think that he is going to catch a lot of touchdowns if if he does get that target share. So I love Calvin Ridley this year. I think he's a breakout player. Juju, we've been waiting so long. And I hope that uh, Ben Roethlisberger's arm functions. Yeah, me too. I haven't seen any like video from Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger. I've seen one video that was like in july i think so yeah. it wasn't during training camp but he looked good he was starting to juju and deontay johnson he was throwing deep balls and stuff yeah so we'll see what happens it also depends for juju too it also depends if they move him into the slot um and keep him there i think with deontay johnson and chase claypool playing the outsides um i think that juju smith schuster most definitely will will just stick in the slot which is great news for him if deontay johnson works out it's great news for juju because it kind of takes the focus off him inside and put you know because everyone everyone thinks that you select you know like coaches sit down and they select a wide receiver for their corner to cover each week their star corner and they go oh yeah juju's got we got to cover this guy with Juju, but they actually play it based on where you are positionally on the field so like stephan gilmore for the new england patriots will always play the outside role he won't play in the slot generally speaking Mm -hmm. um so that's generally how defensive minded coaches work. They don't really focus on the wide receiver itself. They just play, you know, where the person does best positionally on the field. Um, So for me, I think if Juju goes to the slot and Deontay Johnson's on the outside, that kind of takes a little bit of pressure off Juju in terms of being the feature outside, you know, big time AB receiver um, and puts it a little bit on Deontay Johnson, which is okay. But I think Juju, I mean, if, if ben, Big Ben is okay and he gets 160 targets, he's a top five wide receiver. 
Right. Yeah, I I 100% am with you on that one. Um, Let's talk about the next guy in the fifth round is Terry McLaurin. A lot of good guys in the fifth round, but I love McLaurin. Now, you can, right now, it's literally a scratch between, I think, I think ADP for DJ Tark is 58 and Terry McLaurin is 60. Now, both of these guys have the same problems. These guys are at the bottom of my little sheet that I created in terms of, uh, all those four metrics I talked about with the touchdowns and the easy schedule and all that stuff. They're, they're pretty much at the bottom of all three of them, all four of them, except with the exception of target share. Um, their offenses aren't good. I don't think either one of them have a quarter. Uh, Gardner Mitch, you might catch. might throw, I mean, uh, 26 or more touchdowns. Uh, I doubt it. He might, but it's hard. It's going to be hard for him to do. Haskins probably won't. But I just both of them out of sheer like just no one being there to catch the football. Like yep. I think that most of the most of the touchdowns that the team throws in general are going to go to both of those guys. Absolutely. Um, for McLaren, and I don't usually buy players on bad offenses, which is why this is a why they're fifth round picks and not fourth third round picks. Um, so I, I think for I would choose McLaren at this point because of his explosiveness, because he's, um, he's going to get targeted. I would say he's going to get targeted more than, um, than shark. Um, and I yeah. think that, you know, he's in a second year kind of, I guess, breakout season at this point. Um, if he gets targeted 130, 140 times based on his efficiency metrics and what he, what he did last year, uh, McLaurin could definitely be a top 10 wide receiver that you're, you're drafting in the fifth, sixth round. Um, which is a great, great steal. No, for sure. I mean, I I like DJ Chark. I love Terry McLaurin. Um, last year he had 93 targets in 14 games as a yep. rookie. Um, you know, th- with this year with, with Harmon, who I believe he mm-hmm. tore his ACL early on the season, there is right. nobody in that Washington offense um, that's going to even compete with targets. Right. Steven Sims Jr. will probably get you know, I projected him at like 80, 85 targets, and that's being nice. And it's still left McLaurin for like 135 targets. Um, Antonio Gandy-Golden, who is a rookie fourth-round pick, will probably yeah. get a lot of targets. I think right. Antonio Gibson will probably get about 70 targets. And that still leaves McLaurin for like 130, 100. I mean, honestly, if the Redskins decide to throw the ball more too yeah. this year than they did last year, McLaurin could easily end up with like 150 targets. I, I love Terry McLaurin. There is an absolutely nobody in that offense is going to take any work from him yeah. and like you said especially the red zone i mean he is going to get right. a lot of t- he he sh- i expect him to get a lot of touchdowns this right. year, which will be very good things for fantasy i mean he did he had last year had seven touchdowns uh again as a rookie in 14 games so with potentially more targets i could see him getting like 10 touchdowns yeah um I, like I said, I just, I think like, like what if Dwayne Haskins only throws 20 touchdowns? Do you really think 50% of his entire like touchdown share is going to go to Terry? I honest, honestly, yes. They threw the ball. They had 18 touchdown passes last year. McLaurin had seven of them. Okay. So I honestly, I honestly, that's possible. I don't like the I chances like of that, but it's just, it's it's very hard for a player to do. Like I think that there might be twenty touchdowns for the like. And here's the here's the conversation that you have to have too. Is that Alf, if Alex Smith it ends up being the starter and he's relatively decent, I think he could probably throw more touchdowns than twenty. You know what I mean? Like twenty four yeah. or somewhere around there, which which ups McLaren's ceiling. I'm not saying it's impossible for him to score fifty percent of his team's touchdowns in terms of passing, but 
Uh, it's not impossible. I mean, it's it is obviously. I think hard, eight again, touchdowns is probably a safer bet. Sure. For him, but, but again, ten like, touchdowns ceiling. Have, yeah, I I think that's absolutely fair, and that's more reasonable. But it is possible. Like they had eighteen touchdown passes last year, which is awful. I think that was probably one of the worst, if not the worst, in the league. Yeah. Um, and McLaurin still had seven touchdown receptions <laughs> because there's nobody else there. That's Stevenson ridiculous. Stevenson had four. Yeah. I think uh, Jeremy Sprinkle had one, and Vernon Davis had one. Mm. Like. Steven Sims is the only other guy in that offense. I think he had four receiving touchdowns. Yeah. But uh, other than him, like there's nobody else that's going to get a lot of touchdowns. That, so I, I honestly think McLaurin, it's possible for him to get near almost 50%. I don't think 50% yeah. is a little much, but to get like 40%, like it's possible. So Chark or, uh, Chark or McLaren for you? For me, it's McLaurin or McLaren, whatever. But it's very close. It's close. I would like yeah. Guys. And I think you're. I think everyone player. is in that same range of it being because the ADP has McLaurin uh, Chark up. I think at ADP fifty eight. So it's like they're very close in terms of ADP. Yeah. Um. But McLaurin, like I think for a lot of fantasy, I've I've heard multiple fantasy experts say the same thing of McLaurin over Chark, um, even though Chark is going a little bit later. Um. So I would agree with that sediment i think i i'm definitely taking terry mclaurin over dj chark but either one it's literally you're you're splitting i don't hairs. think you are I, th- I think when push comes to shove you're gonna take chark me <laughs> yeah you. oh is it because of Minshew? i have the i have the oh, i like the stash what can i say yeah i i can't blame you on that i actually probably think that it, like who scores more touchdowns jags or washington jags yeah, I think, so, I think the Jags. It's so, I don't know. That's like asking. I like I said, both of these guys are splitting hairs. Right. So, I mean. I'm, a lot of I'll, people would say Washington, but I actually I actually probably do think Jacksonville might. People I hate Jacksonville. It's a little underrated. It's not good by any means, but yeah, people yeah, treat yeah. it like it's the worst in the league. And I think it's pretty it, good. It's one of the worst in the league, but it's not. It's not that it's bad. It's not like an absolute right. bottom feeder. Like Gardner and shoot through 21 touchdowns last yeah, year. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so we would say buy buy Terry McLaurin in in the mid, in the fifth round, the legit middle of the top ten rounds, mm-hmm. um, and then the sixth guy. Uh, just so you know, the next episode we're going to do is late round targets, and that's going to be seven, eight, and nine uh, rounds. So, okay. um, but this is the final round we'll do, and then we'll jump into this or that. Uh, but Kareem Hunt is the sixth round guy. Now, after you get through past the third, fourth, and fifth round. If you if you drafted like I have been doing in every mock draft, literally every spot in the draft, um, you would get probably two running backs in the first two rounds, and then you would probably go three wide receivers. Um, at this point in the sixth round, I think it's okay to look at drafting a Kareem Hunt or a J.K. Dobbins, or um, if Jonathan Taylor's there, you would smash that button. But I think the sixth round is probably a safe bet to start looking at running backs, uh, Ronald Jones too, I'll say. Um, but it's a safe bet to start six, seventh rounds, a safe bet to start looking at running backs to draft. Mm. But this is the best running back of the sixth round. Um, his ADP right now is, is 67. So he's one of the better. Um, I think he's a higher level or mid round, you know, sixth round pick. So, you know, you could probably get him at the turn. Um, if you're at the back end at pick 60 or 61, uh, and do that. But if you're at the end of the sixth round, you're probably not going to get Kareem Hunt. Um, right. So I've, I've talked about Kareem Hunt and how incredibly, uh, like we obviously know he's good. Like he's a freaking talented running back. So it's like, 
I feel like he needs to be on a team that doesn't have Nick Chubb. <laughs> so so yeah. unfortunate. Well, he's on a one-year deal. So yeah, well, he's on a one-year deal last time. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, but anyway, they're bringing in Kareem Hunt. And, and last year at the end of the season, Freddie Kitchens used him quite a lot in the passing game. And um, they didn't really use him a whole lot. I think if you pace him out for the whole season, it was like, a, you know, th- for a whole 16-game season based on the games that he played in, it was like 120 rushes and like 60 catches or 70 catches or so. But I heard on a podcast the other day, if you give like so just based on opportunity, right? The Cleveland Browns usually or or Kevin Stefanski, the new head coach, was giving Dalvin Cook and all the other running backs in the on the Vikings, you know, team 30 or more rushes a game. Now, if you were to break that down and give friggin, you know, just say there's two running backs available. Nick Chubb gets 18 rushes and Kareem Hunt gets 12. You pace the 12 rushes a game out to a full 16 game season and Kareem, Kareem Hunt gets 190 rushing attempts. Top that off with his like 50 to 60 catches and he's at like 240, 250 attempts and one fantasy point per opportunity, which he's gotten his whole entire career, no matter where he's gone. And he's at 240 fantasy points, which makes him like what a top six running back. I don't think yeah. that happens. But I think the that a lot of people like when you look at Kareem Hunt, the, the everyone's saying, oh, he's a great handcuff if, you know, if Nick Chubb gets hurt and they're all drafting him based on Nick Chubb getting hurt. And it's like, no, don't draft him based on Nick Chubb getting hurt. Draft him based on the fact that he could be a relatively decent art high end RB two in fantasy football and a good flex play for your team with baked in right. value that if Nick Chubb does get hurt, Kareem Hunt is a top five running back or a top six running back. So. I think for me, like when you look at the numbers for Kareem Hunt, you start breaking them down. Like I think it's, I think it's a great pick in the sixth round and it's a must own kind of player in that round. So like for me, I'm targeting him in the sixth round, no matter where I am in the draft. Um, if he's on the board, I'll take him. If he's not on the board, then. <laughs> right. Sucks. No, I've, I'm with you hundred percent with Kareem Hunt. I mean, obviously yeah. you shouldn't draft him uh, just as a handcuff. Like, Right. He, he can honestly be a week-to-week flex. Like, let's look at his floor. Last season, when he came in with, for Cleveland, he played those eight games. In PPR settings, I think half PPR, he was the RB19. In half PPR, he was the RB17. Yeah. Um, with 101 fantasy points. And if you add that up, that's I had 100, 101.4. So if you add that up, it's 202.8. Uh, he would have been the RB18 in all fantasy. So that's just the floor. So he does yeah. that this year. You're drafting the RB18 in the sixth round. That's pretty solid value. I mean, that's a really good week-to-week flex yeah. with the potential upside of like you being a top five running back if anything happens to Chubb. So even without that, I mean, he's still a very, very solid flex player and a very. I mean, he could honestly. He's a low end RB2, which is yeah. not bad in the sixth round considering all the running backs mm-hmm. um, that are out there. I mean, he finished ahead in half PPR ahead of like David Montgomery last season. Yeah. Um, ahead of Philip Lindsay as the starting running back. Mm. Uh, he finished ahead of Chris Carson. Mm. So Le'Veon Bell. So there's some, there's some players that he was, he was very good last year, last year, um, even as the backup quote yeah. unquote, to Nick Chubb. Yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a great uh, pick in the sixth round. And I think it's, uh, I hate saying it's stealing, but it really is. And uh I think it's a good pick. I think if you, if you're really looking for that running back and you, you know, this is where like, if you did go zero running back, um, 
you probably ended up with like David Montgomery or David Johnson or Todd Gurley or somebody like that, Leonard Fournette in the third round. Um, and this is where you could probably snag Kareem Hunt and put him as your second running back after drafting like two or three wide receivers. So it's like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in love with that, but you kind of get the picture. Um, sixth, seventh round is where the running backs are going to be in terms of, you know, um, Oh, just as soon as you hit the eighth, ninth round, the running backs just disappear. But seventh, eight, sixth, seventh round is probably where you're going to get your final startable running backs before you start just drafting for depth or potential breakout. Um, let's move into this or that. If you haven't heard of Inc, before we do that, let's jump into an advertisement. Let's jump into this or that really quickly and then end the show before 30 sure. minutes. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Um, so this or that, as you know, we're going to take players from uh, the same team and and ask whether or not you should take um, one player or the other. So we'll start with the Rams, two wide receivers, Robert Woods at ADP 506 or Cooper Cup at ADP 402. This is a really, really good one. It's re really tough for me because I do like Cooper Cup more than Robert Woods. But with that ADP, I'm going to say Robert Woods. Um, okay. I think both players are going to be really similar. Mm -hmm. Robert Woods also has a rushing floor. Uh, the last few seasons of his career, Sean McVay likes to use in rushing situations. He's yeah. like around 15 carries a game. Yeah, he usually gets or, like 100 sorry, rushing yards. Sorry, a season, um, which is pretty solid. Uh, and with the amount of targets Robert Woods get, gets, yeah. I think he's a steal in the middle of the fifth round. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have to take – Cooper Cup was insanely good last year. Um, I think he was the wide receiver four over the course of the whole season. Um, he was, like I said, very good. Uh, I think if you look at his numbers in a in a normal wide receiver, you know, uh, season where half the top end wide receivers don't bust or get hurt. Right. Um, Cooper Cup is really like a wide receiver eight or nine overall instead of the wide receiver four, still, which is still very so good. Um but I think at the 402, I noticed that I've just been completely avoiding Cooper Cup, not on purpose, just based too. on just based on like where like there's other players in that fourth round. We just talked about fourth round guys, Juju Smith, Schuster, a, you know, A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Juju. Uh, I already said Juju's name, <laughs> Allen Robinson, like guys like that in the fourth uh -huh. round that you can snag and get as good wide receivers that have better upside than Cooper Cup. Whereas if Cooper Cup was closer to that 506, I would be like, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to say Robert Woods because he has a higher floor than Cooper Cup. And I think that he I don't think he breaks out and becomes a top five guy. Like I think Cooper Cup has that ability, as we saw last year. But I think it, in the fifth round, you can get a guy that's going to maybe have that upside or that potential to break out um, probably at a better rate than Cooper Cup is. What is he, 30, 29, 28? I can't remember. Uh, Cooper Cup? Yeah. I think he's only 27. I think the, the other concerns that I have with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods is that both their offense is just completely trash. <laughs> it's not trash. It's just... Eh, it's, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I overhyped it. It's middle of the road. <laughs> it's just average. Yeah, it's so, not what it was like two years ago. Yeah. So I would definitely take Robert Woods at 506 because of the floor. Like, I think Cooper Cup has a chance just to completely drop out for some reason. Um, it's close. Very close between these two. But I would take Robert Woods at 506. I think you're getting the same exact player, to be honest with you. At a cheaper value. And that's why I would take Robert Woods there. Um, then the second one, Chris Godwin, ADB 211, or Mike Evans, ADP 301? Uh, another close one, but this one isn't nearly as close. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Chris Godwin uh, over Mike Evans. I and mean, we've talked about before why we like Chris Godwin over mm -hmm. Mike Evans with the slot situation. 
Um, so for me, both these guys looks like they're going in about pretty much the exact same spot. I'll take yeah. Chicago over my Evans. Um, I, I would agree with you 100%. Uh, I don't think it takes much discussion. We have Mike Evans as a bust this year, and we have Chris Godwin <laughs> as, uh, as I, I think he could finish as the wide, top three wide receiver again this year. Um, once you do it oh, twice, cool. you always get drafted in the first round. So that's right. what Godwin's got to do. Uh, but with Brady there, it's just it, it is inevitable that he's going to get the work. And I think that he'll probably finish with a lot more fantasy points than Mike Evans. So not a bad play there. But thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. We actually finished under 30 minutes today. Congratulate us. Thank you very much. Don't forget to check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to leave a comment down below. Like it on YouTube. Review all that stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Fantasy Champs. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>